0: Michelle, thank you for coming here. Thank you for having me. This is the first time we've sat down and talked at all. Yes. The last time I remember seeing you, it was in the Trader's Bar, mm-hmm. and you were with someone, I believe, mm-hmm. and I mistook you for someone else's daughter <laughs> because of your last name. Right. And you just told me recently. You know who it is. Yes. The person. Yep. I'm surprised. Yeah. But then you didn't look like his daughter. <laughs> I didn't think that. <laughs> I mean, my my Aussie accent's pretty strong. Okay, but right then I didn't, it was, and in, in, when you have noise in the background too, sometimes it's hard to hear. I agree. Okay, so you're from Melbourne. I'm
1: from Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne. Um, I was born in Melbourne, in a place called Brighton, which is by the beach. Beautiful place. Um, and then my parents, unfortunately, got divorced when I was three. So my mother, who's Japanese, my father's Australian. So my mom decided to um, move my sister and I back to Yokohama, which is Wait, so stuff. he
0: had your father had two kids by your mother?
1: Yes. Okay. And he had he has two other kids, Kimmy and Clint, my brother and sister from the marriage before my mom.
0: Which was also a Japanese woman?
1: No, she was Australian. Her name's mm-hmm. Sharon and I'm really close with my brothers and sisters. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the modern family kind of thing. Wait,
0: but, but I mean, age-wise, how old, I mean, how many years so different they're you? So now,
1: I'm 37, and they are in their 50s. So we're all kind of, it's different, but um, once I turned 18, we just became like best oh, did friends. did you really? Yeah.
0: How far away is your sister from your age? My
1: sister is 41, so she's five years older than me
0: okay yeah is she also here in Japan? she
1: so all my friends and family live in Melbourne I was the only one that decided to move to Japan Okay. 14 years ago which is crazy to think about now
0: um, well, let me been. just wait wait. before we get into that yes. so you grew up just with a single parent
1: single mom um, moved back to Yokohama and um, you
0: at what age three
1: I was around four or five. They got they got divorced when I was three, but we ended up staying for a little bit. And then my mum wanted to put my sister and I into like a full Japanese school. I think it was called Honmoku um, Gakkō.
0: Okay.
1: But, you know, I looked a little bit different. I have like really curly hair. Obviously, I'm half Australian. And at the time, I couldn't really speak proper, like, proper Japanese. So there was... Um, you know, it was hard. There was some bullying going on. And um, I decided one day I just kind of ran away from school mm. because I just couldn't handle it. Um, and then my mom found me and she's like, let's put you in an international school. So I ended up going to YIS, Yokohama International That's School.
0: That's where my son's graduated. Two no of My way. son's graduated from YIS. As a matter of fact, my company did their first, I mean, their big gymnasium.
1: Mm, no one way. we the ones that, yeah. It's a... I have only good memories and good things to yeah. say about that school. Wait,
0: what year, d- what year were you there? Oh, gosh.
1: I was so. You graduated young. from there, right? No, no, no. Then my story continues. Okay, well, let's, go, okay let's go on, <laughs> on So, settled in YIS, and then. What ran. grades was
0: that? What grades were you in? I was YIS? like
1: year one, t- no, one, two, three. Okay. And then my mum suddenly said, Pack up, guys, we're, we're moving to Hawaii. So we all, my sister, my mum, and I, we ended up moving to Hawaii um, and she opened a bakery in Waikiki. And uh, we ended up, I ended up going to school there. And um, that was pretty colorful. It was completely different. We didn't know anyone. Um, We just had to restart our life again. Um, But my personality is I'm very adaptable to different situations and meeting kids from all around the world and um, I really liked it there but there right. were,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get this Michelle you, know. you have an Austrian accent but you left too early mm-hmm. to get one unless you got it from your sister. So the
1: crazy thing right was <laughs> when I lived in Hawaii which was for a while not too, mm, around four or five years I ended up getting an American accent, Hawaiian accent Okay. And then my mum decided it's best for my sister and I to go back to Melbourne to finish our education at a really great private school called Carey Baptist Grammar School. Okay. Um, now, what age, how
0: old were you at that so time? So
1: at that time I was 12, I think, 11 or 12. And then. Um,
0: so your sister's what? Four years older than you? Five. Five years older Yes. Than you. Right. Okay.
1: But my sister is really intelligent, so she skipped a few grades. Okay. Um, and she ended up doing really well at Kerry And um, it took some time for me to adjust because I was going from sc- country to country, school to school, and the school I went to in Waikiki was just this really like chilled out. I was like rollerblading to school from my house. The school that I went to in Melbourne is, you know, Thai, full on uniform, private school, you know, the kids have pretty much been there their whole lives. And then there's me that just rocks up with the Hawaiian accent, but I'm Australian, Japanese. It was a little bit um, hard to adjust to in the beginning, but um, as my mom said, she's like, you're adaptable, you can do this, you can find your way. And so I ended up yeah, meeting my best friend Serena at the park and from there I just kind of built friendships and groups and this is how I got into music.
0: This is in Australia? This was in is Australia, in Australia, right? Australia, yeah. At so, this private school? Yes. Was your mom with you?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean she was taking care of my sister and I and my father lives in Queensland. Um, he owns a golf course over there and We would see him a couple times a year. But um, yeah, we were solely based in Melbourne. And then when I was around 16, I met some people that were in my sister's year level. So five years older than me. And I was always interested in music. Like the first album I bought was Chuck Berry when I was like 10, 11. So I was really into music from a young age and um, I started becoming really good friends with these guys and they had a band called Jupiter's Bonsai. Very punk rock and kind of eclectic and cool and I ended up just you know, randomly singing in their studio with them one day. And they were like, you have a great voice, would you like to join the band and like start creating with us and recording with us? So, I guess like towards the end of my education at Cary, I was at school, but then after school, I would go and, and sing with them and play music with them. And that's where my passion and love for music kind of happened.
0: Yeah. But what kind of child were you when you were young? Were you, well, you were moved around a lot, but were you more academic or were you more sports minded? I was
1: more artistic. Okay. So, I was into drama, loved drama, loved acting, loved singing, lots of musicals. Academic, nah. I wouldn't. My sister was super academic. Me, I was. I liked to make friends. I liked to talk to everyone. I wasn't a shy kid ever, Um, and I was always more interested in the creative side of the world not. but you
0: and your sister grew up to be very close we were
1: very close we are very close but we're just completely different I mean everyone who meets us say that we have the same voice and we laugh the same she's got crazy energy so do I which you know her fr- she's very close with her friends like me as well she knows how to have a good time but she's more straight and if after you
0: get to know her if you have to be with her for a long time you'll see the difference
1: absolutely I see. so I'm more yeah. of a Kind of just take a risk and go for it. I don't really think about future planning. Mm-hmm. My sister was more like this. Yeah,
0: okay, yeah. how's mom? Is, how's mom doing now?
1: Mom's amazing. Mom's in Melbourne. Um, she, she went back to Australia. Yeah, she was. She came back with my sister and I after Hawaii to Australia, and she uh-huh. hasn't left ever since.
0: That's when she met your father in Australia? She
1: actually met my father on a plane. My mum was a stewardess for Cathay Pacific.
0: Okay.
1: And um, she was living in Hong Kong at the time. Okay. And then she met my dad on the plane, which is crazy. And uh, they kind of just fell in love. And he, yeah, took her to Australia and they started a life there. So okay. my mom as well kind of went to different countries and hopped around and...
0: But yeah. she, she's, where is she from originally? Uh, Yokohama. Oh, okay, that's why she took you back to Yokohama. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Oh. So after
1: the divorce, I think she wanted to be with her family. And Does she have a big
0: family? I mean, brothers and sisters? She
1: uh, It's quite sad now to say, but she did have a brother and sister. They unfortunately passed. Mm, um, but the um, our... Her sister's children, my cousins, are very close to the family. Is that right? Yeah.
0: Because it's very rare mm. for family, you know, cousins and stuff to be close. Yeah. Unless they're out in the country. Yeah. Usually they stay pretty far. W- they know each other, mm. but they don't really, not like they do in Australia or like mm, they might mm, do in mm. America, where you're really close to your cousins. Mm, mm, mm.
1: Yeah. Like um, our cousins, Chi-chan, um, noko who are my mom's sister, so my auntie who passed away, is. Daughters, and ever since my sister and I were little, I, we just were always best friends with them. And even like New Year's that just passed, they came from Yokohama and we had lunch in Rapongi with their mm-hmm. children that are all like in university now, but yeah. nothing's changed. Okay. Yeah,
0: so you, when you came to Japan, you came to Japan when you said after you finished Australia. So, Australia, I finished high ago?
1: school, and usually after finishing. It was a pretty prestigious school. You go to university, right? But after I joined this band, I was just like immersed into music and wanting to kind of focus on that. So I ended up working for a bank after I finished school just to save some money and I was going to use that money to travel. And so I was just so curious. I didn't want to study again and go to university there was nothing i wanted to study at that time did your sister go oh yeah my sister (laughs) she yeah she even got a scholarship to osaka she did her university did all that myself i ended up working um a few jobs and saved a lot of money and decided to move to tokyo to be a singer
0: how many years ago 14 years ago 14 years Mm. ago
1: I was only going to come for six months. I told my family like, oh, I'll, just, I'll just be six months. And they're like, okay, well, what do you want to do in Tokyo? You know, cause uh, a lot of my brothers and sisters moved to London for a few years. Um, and I decided I wanted to really explore my heritage and I am half Japanese and I wanted to come here and see what I could do being half Japanese Australian which at the time in Australia, I didn't really have any Japanese friends ever. Um, So when I came here, it was quite crazy to see how many halfies. I don't know if that's like the right word to say. It doesn't
0: matter. But they they are here.
1: Yeah. So my best friend, she's half Japanese, half British. She's a supermodel here. We're still best friends at this point. um, And she offered me to move in her place in Hiro and she's like introduced me to so many people and I just started gigging all around Tokyo just singing at bars and clubs and from there I started like really meeting some amazing people that what kind of music
0: to. were you singing was this punk rock no, no so
1: I ended up going from punk rock to hip-hop and then I found the beauty of jazz and blues and just singing from my soul pretty much and so I collaborated with quite a lot of artists here. And um, funny story, Tokyo American Club. You guys were doing a party with Iron Man and Gundam, and the creator of Gundam uh, actually found me near a cigarette room um, and asked me about my voice. And he said, "Have you ever done voice acting before?" And I was like, no. And I and only went to this party for the drinks. My friend was like, come to this party, there's free drinks. Dah, dah, dah. I didn't expect to meet the creator of Gundam. And uh, he said something about my voice was really interesting. And if I was interested to come to the studio to see if he could create a character out of me which was crazy and I ended up going to the studio the next day and it was this beautiful big studio with like it, it, legit um, but I've never done voice acting never really saw Gundam animation wasn't my thing but I gave it a try and he started like drawing and he created this character out of me called stair which is a pirate that steers the ships And I was like, some big deal, like in America and Europe and just the weirdest opportunities kept coming to me while I was living here. That's why I ended up staying longer and longer. And I didn't have a manager or anything. So I would go to bars and like some people would be like, are you into like acting? And I, you know, as I told you, I love drama. So I have this like side of me that can put, I don't know, I don't know how to say it, but I like to be on TV. I like to act. I like to be, I'm, I'm character, personality. So these producers were for a Ni We were like, do you want to come and be on our TV show? It's called Sekai Banzuke. And it's about a bunch of foreigners that talk about their country and the differences between Japan and there and blah, blah, blah. So it was so, Fun, but it was quite scary and daunting to go to like this huge TV production building with like these celebrities everywhere and their own makeup artists and their own, you know. I don't know. It was crazy. And I didn't have anyone. I just did my own hair and makeup and just. Did you already speak
0: Japanese when you came here?
1: No. So my Japanese wasn't great. I did speak it, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't fantastic. Okay. But just being around for a while, I just started learning once I started doing television I started to get offers from like I was doing a couple episodes for Vice as I said I did the Japanese TV which was kind of it was cool but it wasn't I I felt like I had to kinda dim my light
0: when you said episodes you mean as one of the people in the movie? Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, you actually had a part. Yeah. You weren't doing voice on this. This was
1: This was like actual it was me. It was Michelle, okay. you know. All
0: right. um, <laughs> what part did you play? I, did, did you like that you remember?
1: I was I felt like I was Michelle, but I was just a little bit like putting I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one because I was quite fearless back in the day okay. and when they want you on TV to represent you being half Australian you gotta kinda turn it on. And you did? I did, of course, yeah. Um, I definitely know how to make people laugh, and I just, yeah, I turned that switch on. But, as I told you, I was more interested in music. So Were you doing this the same time?
0: Were you still doing music? Yeah. So what you considered your real focus was the music, so you made sure you went to each gig you had.
1: Always doing gigs, meeting people, recording, you know, doing tours with bands, stuff like that. But at the same time, this whole world of TV was so new to me and I and I really enjoyed it, so I thought, why not? But then this Gundam opportunity came up and when I did the voice acting, I got other opportunities and that's when I moved to LA and New York.
0: You moved to LA?
1: Yeah, so after a while, I moved to LA. Um, and New York and wanted to see what was out there. And I met some amazing people, directors, producers, actors, um, did a lot of acting classes there, but it was a great experience. I enjoyed it. You're lucky that you can see that. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were some pretty weird and terrifying moments, but there were also, I met so many amazing people there that I'm still friends with to this day that are in the industry as well. And I mean, and then I had New York, which was a whole nother um, crazy, but beautiful experience. I think New York was more, not for me to find work or anything. It was just, I just loved the people there, the hustle there, the energy of being yourself, and it was okay. And everyone was like thriving and, you know, striving to become something and so there was so many conversations with strangers that i'm still best friends with to this day and i feel like in japan it's quite everyone's very to themselves and you know quite quiet and they don't want to really get into it with like you know personal information or stories or whatever but I love meeting people and sharing my Same story way. and yes. and hearing theirs because I think that's what life's
0: about, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Why are you going through this journey if you're not going to smell the roses while you're going through? Totally. Find out about the yeah. people. Yeah. That's why I enjoy doing this podcast. I, I get it. I mean, it just, ugh. Oh, I, I just totally get it. Yep. <laughs> what else? Is, everything you get is going to come from or through someone else. Agreed. Everything you I get. I totally
1: agree. And that's why... When I was living in the States, I was like, okay, God, what a completely different experience to Japan. Because, But this is the thing. In Japan, though, the reason why I love it so much is even though I'm half Japanese, everyone thinks I'm more Australian, which I understand. My Australian side's a lot more stronger
0: and louder, I guess. And your height doesn't hurt you any either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is not very Japanese-like. True.
1: But I still have, I'm still learning about my Japanese side. And I I do see a lot of beauty in the culture and the history and in in my family and my name. I'm, I'm blessed. But what I meant by the, there's such a cultural difference when I moved to America, because I'm like, actually, this is, I was a different me over there. I felt more free and I didn't really care as much. And I just met so many people. I was more fearless in... New York and LA than I was here but this um, opportunity with Gundam was like pretty cool so I just kept coming back and forth from America to Japan and then um, yeah I met someone and I moved to Hong Kong and that didn't work out so I came back to Melbourne for a little bit just to see if I wanted to be back in Australia again because I you know I left after working a couple years after school you know and then I was like boom straight to Tokyo LA New York Hong Kong and so I went back to Melbourne and I I do love it I love having my friends and family it's so safe there but there's just something about I call it the fire in my belly I I need to keep exploring what that is Mm -hmm. and that's I don't know why, but it's in Tokyo.
0: Mm. Um, So what are you doing these days? I mean, where are you at this point in your life?
1: Yeah. So uh, the music thing was great. The acting thing was great. But um, I ended up going into hospitality, which got me work in the Maldives. um, And I was helping run One Oak, the nightclub in Maldives. Did a bit of work with them here in Tokyo. And then I started a sports bar for the Rugby World Cup. So I kind of like found my feet in hospitality, but still creating. So um, coming up with ideas and, you know, consulting, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of went into that career path. And um, that happened just before COVID. And then when COVID hit, I was in Japan,
0: Mm.
1: Melbourne was the biggest and longest lockdown in the world. People couldn't leave their homes for a year and a half. So even though financially and and job wise here was really, really tough, um, we had freedom here at least. So I wanted to go home and be with my family, but they were like, Michelle, you would, you would hate it here. So I worked at a couple record bars, and then I got a job with cutters, and then from there another career change. It was hospitality, then to managing a studio, which was you know post production and um, still again creating uh, you know content. And so from there, I started my own company, and um, the company is to create events, content. I always wanted to start my own talent agency because i thought i never got the chance to go full throttle with my talent because of a few things that got in the way um so. and as you said the whole thing of if you just had someone there looking after you that that's such a big help right it Makes a big
0: difference it Makes a huge if you're going to get into entertainment or anything like that mm. well i think almost any field you need to, ha- it's good to have a mentor.
1: Yeah, totally agree, Yeah.
0: I mean, why try to do the same thing over and over again? It's very difficult as it is. Agree. Especially when most people, I like to say, don't know how to parent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're not built to be parents. Mm-hmm. We're built to provide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we need professionals to teach us. Right. Or work with our kids so that they're raised yeah. in a wholesome way, Yeah. instead of all, <laughs> Yeah, not totally, know where what's coming totally. and going and have all these have-to-have have therapists when they get older. Yeah, exactly. Just to get over their childhood.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess with me, like, I'm quite lucky because I, I have, I wouldn't call them mentors, but they're peop- I have people that are looking over me and watching me, making sure I'm okay. Um, but as I told you, the whole music thing, it's it won't ever leave me i don't think but why i wanted to start a talent agency or why i wanted to get into starting my own business is i see talent and i want to help them i want to nurture them i want to help guide them and also be part of something to see them start from this and blossoming into whatever they want to be
0: and helping them along the way are you thinking about ever? This is personal, though. You're mm. thinking about ever getting married and having kids, or, or mm. not even getting married, just having kids.
1: <laughs> you know, good question. Um, it never really crossed my mind.
0: I mean, there was never something that you wanted as a child, mm. because society tends to push totally, all of us a certain direction. Totally.
1: I mean, so basically, all of my friends in Melbourne, all married, children, white picket fence, all of them. Um, for me. I. this might sound a bit selfish though but I I think life is different for everyone obviously everyone's paths are quite different but for me I'll go back to the fire in my belly thing it's I just feel like my path is to keep exploring myself and finding out who I am and what I'm here for and I don't think I'm here to have kids. If I do one day, fantastic. Um, I think I would be a great mum. I've been through a lot of life's, life's, what do you call it? craziness. I've learned a lot. Um, I'm, you know, pretty much an auntie to a million kids. you know, I love my friends' kids. they're amazing. But to me, it's not the be-all and end-all. Um, and I don't really care what society thinks.
0: That's interesting. Michelle, this is how I like to end the podcast. Mm -hmm. I'll ask this question. Mm -hmm. With all the information you have now, Mm -hmm. where you've come to your 37 years on this planet, Mm -hmm. if you were to go back in the time Mm -hmm. and meet a younger you, Mm -hmm. what time would you go back to and what advice would you give yourself?
1: That's such a good question. Oof. Oh God, Lance, that's such a good question. And my answer is, it's not just like one age. I would have talked to me when I was 16, then 18, then 20, 30.
0: Um, What advice would you have given yourself at 16 then?
1: Take it easy. Stop moving so fast. You know, take it, take it easy. Life's not, you know, I think I was just such a, I was so like wanting to do everything all at once. And I was so curious and I was so, I don't know, because of the way I was brought up, I was just kind of, I think I just took it too fast. I I would tell myself, just take it easy at 16. Um, But to be honest with you, I've done a lot of things in my life and even some that were Terrible experiences, some that were absolutely amazing. Um, Nothing I would change, because that's why I am who I am today, you know?
0: That is beautiful. Yeah. And I think that's something I think, if more people came to that feeling and conclusion, Mm -hmm. they'd have less mental problems. Yeah. Because they've come to the conclusion, I like who I am, what I've turned out to be. And unfortunately, what do they say? Experience is something you get 10 minutes after you really need it. hmm hmm <laughs> You can't learn anything unless something, ba- it's, we call it bad, but I don't call it that. It's experience, it's life. Mm-hmm. It's, gonna throw, it's gonna throw stuff at you.
1: I agree, I mean, you know, no one's perfect and I will always be learning until I'm dead. I'll be learning every day things that I would love to change about myself and, you know, be a better person. But the core of me, I know that I'm a good person and that I'm here to bring joy and laughter and, you know, stories like today, you know, and share them Beautiful. and to let other people know it's okay to be yourself. You know, it's don't worry so much about what everyone thinks about you because what's what's life if you can't be yourself?
0: Thank you so much. No worries, thank you for having me. Thank it's you. so much fun. I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Make sure you press like and subscribe. And never forget, it's all on loan, so continue to reach for the stars because you're too blessed to be stressed.